General James Oglethorpe traveled to Georgia with John and Charles Wesley in 1735, and the three men became good friends on that journey. General Oglethorpe once said that he made it a practice to never forgive. And the quotable Mr. Wesley responded, Well, sir, I hope you never sin. Now, why did John Wesley say that? Because Wesley knew that our forgiveness has always been tied to our willingness to forgive. So today we're going to look at a story that Jesus told about forgiveness. And we're going to talk about what that really means for us. So if you have your Bible, open it up to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, and we're going to begin at verse 23. I'm reading from the NIV. And Jesus says, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began to settle it, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay back all that he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. In this story, Jesus tells of a king who settles accounts with his servants. They bring forth one man who owes the king the enormous sum of, get this, seven billion dollars in today's currency. When this man comes before the king, obviously unable to pay that huge debt, he probably remembers that the law at that time permitted him and his family to be sold 
in order to pay the debt. So the thought of not only losing his freedom, but of losing his family, he falls on his knees and he says, Lord, have patience with me and I'll pay you. If we're honest, he couldn't pay that huge debt. But he begs for mercy. So how amazed do you think he was when the king forgave him? When the king freely forgave him all of that huge debt. But that's not the end of the story. This forgiven man goes out into the street and he meets someone who owed him $11,000 in today's money. The very same hands that were wringing together, pleading for mercy just moments before, are now wrapped around the throat of someone else. And he chokes that man saying, pay what you owe me. And then he hears the very same words that he used to plead for mercy before the king. Have patience with me and I'll pay you. The man refuses and has him thrown in jail. Some witnesses run to tell the king. And when the king hears this testimony, he sends for the man who he's forgiven and says to him, You wicked servant. I forgave you all of that debt and now you would not forgive your brother even a small amount. You're going off to jail until you pay the very last penny. Zoom out and look at the big picture. What is Jesus' point? What is his one big idea? What is he really saying in this story? Jesus is saying, how can you, how can you, who have been forgiven so very much, how can you, you who have been forgiven, how can you now refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters for their smaller sins against you? One theologian said that forgiveness is the central issue in Christian theology. If we're going to break that down, what that really means is, if you're going to live like Jesus, if we're going to love like Jesus, then we have to forgive like Jesus. And if we're honest, that's an area that we need to work on. Because when we look at the grand total of all of Jesus' teaching, everything that he said, we come across lines like, But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That's unlimited forgiveness. That's a challenge. In Hebrews chapter 5, the preacher is telling his friends to move on from milk, the elementary teachings, and to grow up and become mature and be able to receive solid 
is spiritual food. I reference those verses because I want us to really see, to really understand, to grasp that Christian maturity is not about having an old faith. Christian maturity is about having a deep faith. And the truth is, we still get hung up on forgiving people that we love. We still get hung up on forgiving people that we live with. While the real challenge, the real mark of a Christian, the challenge of Jesus is for us to go out there into the real world and be with people who deliberately hurt us and to forgive them. Now we all have scars and we all have wounds and we have enough real life experience to know that sometimes we experience hurt in this cold and cruel and imperfect world. We know there are people like Joseph's brothers. Remember Joseph's life? How Joseph said in Genesis 50, 20, at the end of his life, he's talking to his brothers and he says, you intended to harm me. Those are the people that we're told to forgive. In Matthew 6, 14, what does Jesus say? For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. One of the most interesting ministers I ever met was also one of the saddest. He was a retired missionary. He had spent his entire life on the mission field. He had given his life to serving others and it came with a price. You could tell by his clothes and the lines on his face that it hadn't been easy. And when he smiled, it was an imperfect smile because there's no dentist where he served. You could tell that he knew what sacrifice was. And I was shocked when he shared an experience that had happened years before about a time when someone had done something terrible to him. His kind, generous, almost saintly face twisted into a look of pain or agony as he said, I have never forgiven him. Here he was, a wonderful man, a man who was respected and looked up to, and yet he was carrying that horrible resentment in his soul, in his heart, and it had been eating away at him for years. And I thought, how sad is that? And it scared me. Because if a man like that puts his soul in danger because of an unforgiven sin against him, what kind of danger am I in? We need to pray a prayer like, Father, forgive me and help me to have the strength to forgive others. Let's go back to our story. When does the word anger appear? The king didn't get angry with the servant because he owed a lot of money. The word anger appears when the forgiven servant refused to forgive his brother. When the king was angry 
is not about the debt, but it's about the harsh, unforgiving attitude. And the forgiveness that that man had received was rescinded. It was taken back. The debt went back to him. And he took it to jail. In this story, we're meant to see that God canceled the canceled debt. Now listen, this is important. And this is a hard lesson to hear. This is a hard lesson to learn. If we do not mirror the mercy of God in our lives after we have been forgiven, God can put our sins back on us. If our lives do not become a reflection of God's love, we are in danger. The man in this story expected God to do for him what he was unwilling to do for others. And God gave him his debt back. We have been given a standard by our God. He laid down His life for us in Jesus. And do you remember how Jesus died? He died praying, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Jesus is our standard. And His standard should forever guide our lives and our decisions and our relationships with others. The good news today is that God has taken the initiative. God has forgiven us first and He has offered us the grace and the Spirit to enable us to be forgiving people. Because the truth is, if we truly realize how much God loves us, then it makes us more loving toward other people. If we truly realize how much God has forgiven us, then it makes us more forgiving toward other people. Every time you walk through those church doors, you have the symbol of forgiveness before you, before us, right here. You see the cross of Jesus. Accept the grace offered to you daily. And extend it to others in the name of Jesus.